listening to the Cross-Border Interviews with Chris Brown. Welcome to a very special live edition of the Cross-Border Interviews live election night special. I guess I should have written a script before I started doing this, but this is what happens when you actually just try and wing things together on the dime. Uh, I am your host, Chris Brown of the Cross-Border Interviews, and we will be talking about the 2022 provincial by-election up in Fort McMurray, Lac La Biche, where there are eight candidates vying for the vote. Now, eight candidates, a lot of time between now and when the official results, but we're going to try to digest it with four amazing guests who have decided to jump on very uh, last minute for some of them to come on the show and talk about this by-election, what it means for the province, and what it means for the parties heading into the last year of this government. Now, I'm going to try to introduce these four, and I'm going to try to pronounce all their names correctly here, and I'm probably not going to accomplish that, but here we go. Here we try. Uh, he is the co-host of the Unelectable podcast, Joey Oberhoffner. No? Did I get that Pretty right? Close. Okay. Okay, I got a thumbs up. That's all I care about. Sarah Biggs, the strategist and partner at Olson Biggs, a PR firm here in the city of Calgary. Sarah, thank you for doing this. Hi, how are you? Deidre Mitchell McLean. Did I pron- I totally pronounced that name wrong. Deirdre, the co-host of the Women in AB Politics. Deirdre, thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> Happy to be here, Chris. And Susan Timmonson, president of the Alberta Party. Did I get anyone's name right here? Let's just put that out there. Okay, at least we got one. You did person. get, you got Sarah's. <laughs> well, it's easy. <laughs> well, I, if this is how the it, night is going to start, three minutes after polls close, I can imagine what the next hour is going to be like. But let's talk about this. We are 30 days after a by-election call. Polls are now closed. We'll start off with we'll start off with Joey here. Joey, this is a by-election that kind of wasn't a by-election. You didn't see a lot of provincial news about it. The government didn't really talk about this by-election. What was happening? This by-election, what what transpired over the last 30 days in Fort McMurray Lac La Biche? Well, really, Chris, what it boils down to is this was a by-election that the government, for all intents and purposes, was hoping everybody would forget was happening. And the reason for that is because of who their candidate is. And I'm sure that we're going to get into that a lot deeper as the evening goes on. But, uh, I mean, the reality is that uh, Jason Kenney really is only holding by-election because he has to. He doesn't want to. He certainly doesn't need to. And having Brian Jean in a position where he can get on a stage in front of people or get behind the desk at the legislature and start to speak is pretty much the last thing that he wants. So he's calling the by-election because to not do so would be a violation of law. But at the end of the day, he's hoping it's just a formality. People will vote. People will elect who they elect. And then he can focus on what his actual goals are, which is to you know, win his uh, leadership review in three weeks and uh, and then roll on through to the next provincial election. Now, Sarah, you and I are both know each other. We are number of people and I look at numbers like there's no tomorrow. Uh, before we continue, I just want to make a suggestion to everyone. If you're not talking, can you mute yourself for a quick second, just so that way the background noise doesn't come through just for the yeah, audience? And my and apologies. It's 
it's me because I got the hockey game on in the background. And so that's oh, all well, me. Hockey, hockey means nothing right now. Politics is number one. Politics is Canadian past. They always are up four to one already after the first period. It kind of matters. I'm okay. So this is why we brought Susan in is to talk about hockey, not politics as the president of the Alberta party to talk uh, hockey. Um, but Sarah, I, I'm a numbers person. You're a numbers person. Uh, the yeah. advanced vote numbers came out last week. Actually, I think if I'm not mistaken, this weekend, the numbers are down from the 2019 provincial election, but they're up from that 2018 by-election in Fort McMurray-Conklin when Brian Jean left and Leela Goodridge came in. What does yeah. that tell you about what's going on on the ground? Is it just by-elections don't get the numbers or are people more interested in this by-election than the 2018 one? I think um, we're dealing with a little bit of voting uh, voters fatigue here. Uh, we just got out of a uh, federal election in September. Um, there is also, um, you know, by not, by waiting at the very last minute um, to call that election, the premier, uh, either you like it or not, or not the, the premier is kind of sending a message of, he doesn't seem too interested into what is going to happen here tonight. Um, today, during the charter school um, uh, presser, uh, they were asked who he was rooting for. And Mr. Kenny gleefully said that he was uh, cheering for the UCP and not for Mr. Gene. So I think that is that in a whole is sending a really, really strong message. And maybe the people for McMurray like Labish tonight just feel like they might have been ignored by this government this round. Now, that, that's a good point. And I, I'm going to uh, throw it over to Deidre here. Deirdre, 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 Deirdre here. Um, this by-election, and I, I mean this in all respect, because we'll get to the uh, Sue here in a few Sue, uh, Sue here in a few seconds, but Rachel Notley has COVID-19 for the last two weeks, so she's not up in Fort McMurray. Oh, Brian Jean is without Jason Kenney up in Fort McMurray. Uh, Barry Morishita is up in Fort McMurray. The two major party leaders are kind of absent in this by-election. Does that say something about the by-election or does that say something about the chances of winning tonight and they see it as a foregone conclusion? I mean, kind of all of the above. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I think there's a little bit of of everything there. Uh, you know, obviously, yeah, Rachel Notley is going to be uh, out for the moment. And uh, Jason Kenney, of course, doesn't want to be anywhere near Brian Jean. So I think you have I think you just have a situation where the, you know, Rachel Notley would be there if she could. Jason Kenney could be there and he isn't. So that's really, I think, all we need to uh, focus on with that. Do you, and I'm going to just stick it here for you for a second, just to give you a little bit more time here. But this this by-election, even provincially through the media, wasn't well reported on. As a reporter yourself, as someone who's covered politics over the last few years, do you find that the media just sort of looked the other way when it came to this by-election? And I know traditionally by-elections don't get a lot of play, but with big names like Brian Jean running, you think it would have gotten a little bit more publicity than the Rick Bells and the uh, the Calgary Herald and the Edmonton Journals, wouldn't you have? Well, I mean, the 
so so the local papers um you know it 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 was being covered global was doing it cbc was doing it but locally and you know particularly our papers of record there wasn't a lot and so you know do i do i find it odd not really one of the reasons is because this was no matter how it turns out someone who opposes jason kenny is getting elected tonight and that's not it's not a normal situation for a by-election <laughs> where you do have a candidate from your party but uh i think there's also uh you know it was it was dwarfed not only by uh, the fact that no one would say anything about it, right? That's that's another part. Uh, Jason Kenney not being there. Uh, the absence of something isn't necessarily a story, right? You can't write about that every day. You can write about it once, but every day it's just kind of like, well, nothing new has happened. Um, and it was and it was dwarfed by a lot of other things going on. So. Uh, yeah, by-elections no, don't get a ton. No, and I appreciate that. No, but Sue, you were actually on the ground up in Fort McMurray, Lac La Biche. You were there with Barry Morishita, the Alberta Party uh, leader. T talk me through what was happening on the ground. What did you see? What did you feel when you were door knocking with your candidate up there, but also with the leader? Yeah, I was up there this weekend. I spent uh, uh, Friday, Saturday in Lac La Biche, and then Sunday in Fort McMurray, where it was a balmy minus 24, with the wind chill. <laughs> it was a lovely weekend. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm laughing because we're talking about Jason Kenney being up in Fort McMurray. And if Jason Kenney had been up in Fort McMurray, he wouldn't have found his candidate there. So he'd have been by himself. There really wasn't much point in him being up there. Uh, from all reports that we got, they, they were not, uh, Brian Jean was out doing other things. So I think some of the, the um, lackluster interest was they do feel it's a, a foregone conclusion in a lot of ways, um, but the candidates aren't making a lot of noise either. And that's, uh, not, that's not their fault. There's lots of stuff going on up there. Um, as to what I felt out there, um, there were signs. Definitely everybody had signs out. Um, Wild so were Rose people engaged? Were people actually engaged on the ground? I would say uh, not particularly. Um, certainly, you know, the doors that we knocked on, we got lots of people, you know, uh, we got a percentage of people that were uh, unaware that they were voting on Tuesday um, completely, or they knew about it, but they hadn't really decided, or, yep, for sure. But, uh, you know, I've, I've knocked on enough doors in enough campaigns to know that, oh, yeah, for sure, doesn't always mean that they're actually going to get there. So the expectation was pretty low for the percentage of turnout. Um, you know, the municipal campaign, I think that it wasn't, more, they figured that their turnout was around 30, just over 30% for a municipal campaign. Um, they're just coming out of that municipal campaign. So there's some burnout, especially up there because they've just done this. And so a lot of, you know, voters often don't know the difference between the municipal campaign and the provincial campaign. So there's some of that. Um, but, you know, I think the, there were lots of Wild Rose Independence Party signs, of course, you know, they're branding it as Wild Rose Independence Party. And that was certainly the attitude that was that we got from a lot of people when they were talking about voting Wild Rose, um, is they really think that Wild Rose Independence Party is just the Wild Rose Party is back. 
and that's that's not the stated purpose of the Wild Rose Independence Party, but that is what the. So I would be surprised if the Wild Rose Independence Party didn't take a big chunk of the UCP vote up there this time. Well, let's talk about that. And this is going to be a sort of an open discussion. Whoever wants to jump in first, please just feel free to. But I want to talk about that, the United Conservative Party. Um, We are seeing the Wild Rose Independence Party. We are seeing the Alberta Advantage Party. We are seeing the Independence Party of Alberta. We are seeing the Statehood Party. The right is getting more fractured as time goes on in this government. What do, And we are not in a time where everyone's going to be singing Kumbaya heading into April 9th uh, in the uh, uh, leadership race. What does the right need to do to get its message back on track as the united Conservative Party? Sarah, if you want to take this one first, go for it. Yeah, so um, we've been seeing, we've been hearing um, that there's a lot of issues. Um, Caucus is not necessarily symbiotic right now, and Mr. Kenny's running out of glue to keep it together. Um, And I think that we'll be reflecting into um, the electoral votes tonight. Um, Like uh, Sue said, a lot of people will be confusing Wild Rose and Wild Rose Independence Party. So people might be tempted to not necessarily look at the voters' name, but the party name, because let's be honest, a lot of people vote that way. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'm I'm expecting the Wild Rose to go get at least 10 to 15% tonight. Um, they're going to be eating a huge share of Mr. Jeans. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. But I think that the results tonight will be showing on how divided the caucus is right now and how the UCP is not able to keep everybody under that said big tent that they are trying to keep um, afloat. So it's really going to be interesting to see will people vote with names or people will will vote by party names? Because back in the days, a lot of people were like blue, red, yes, no, and go ahead. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Um, Name recognition is important, but there's eight names on the ballot. So it's going to, Sue is on mute. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. I, I you were, your, hockey was, good, your hockey was your hockey was. Go ahead, Sue. Fair enough. I'm going to go turn it down after this. Um, I was going to say, you know, from Alberta Party perspective, we hope that they're voting by name, but we know that and expect that there's a this pretty good percentage that will vote by party. You know, the Wild Rose Independence has Paul Hinman. He has no connect to Fort McMurray. Yep. The NDP candidate Adrienne uh, does, and that's good. Uh, Michelle does. That's good. Brian Jean obviously does as well. But um, but he's been pretty absent and people are noticing that. Uh, the other candidates, again, uh, from the other parties, they don't have the local connect. So I hope that people look at those names. But, I, you know, in this one, I suspect um, that it'll be pretty party based in a lot of ways. Would it be fair to say that Mr. Jean is kind of kind of sat on it and just hoping that his name recognition will be absolutely 75 of the work yeah absolutely he's got lots of signs there's lots of signs up there some big four by fours lots of four by four signs and lawn signs but uh, interestingly i heart saw hardly any signs on lawns so of anybody um most of the signs were just street signs there was very very few mm-hmm. lawn actual lawn signs there was and, a handful 
I'm just going to interject, but it could be because the ground is frozen and it's hard to put lawn signs in lawns when it's minus 24 degrees out. I can, I, I remember the 2015 and 2019 campaign and those things were sometimes a bugger to put in the ground. We uh, were, uh, we were, we were definitely just putting them in snow banks. It was all snowbank signs. So I say lawn signs. There was no lawns. There's, there there's were snowbank signs. Feet of snow everywhere. <laughs> Joey, uh, I want to I want to talk about uh, Brian Jean's resurgence here. He has made it no, he he does not make it uh, a secret that he does not like Jason Kenney. Jason, this was Brian Jean was not Jason Kenney's UCP candidate in the nomination for the UCP candidacy. Brian Jean is making a name for himself by crisscrossing this province before the April 9th. Is this? a good strategy for him to run against Jason Kenney and just say, screw it. I'm going to be the anti Kenny candidate as much as people know that I'm running for the UCP. I'm running against Jason Kenney as a UCP. Well, there's, there's some, some irony in it in that this is a page of the playbook that Jason Kenney has used to his own success a great many times. I mean, Jason Kenney traditionally hasn't run against his local opponent. He's run against Justin Trudeau or whoever happens to be leading the liberals at the time. When Justin Kenney even gives a speech today, he's criticizing Justin Trudeau as much, if not more, than any provincial party leader. So for Brian Jean to say, you know what, I'm, I'm the anti-Kenney candidate, really means, in effect, he's saying to anybody who would be otherwise inclined to perhaps vote Liberal, perhaps vote Alberta Party, perhaps vote NDP, perhaps vote for any of the 94 right-wing splinter parties. Hey, if you don't like Kenny, I'm your guy. And as a result, we've seen, I mean, I would say Jason Kenny has been avoiding this by-election uh, like the plague, but as it turns out, as we've seen over the last two years, avoiding plagues isn't really a thing that we do here. So, um, you know, you just have to look at the numbers here and say, well, people who like the conservative brand but don't like Jason Kenney are going to vote for Brian Jean. People who don't like the conservative brand and don't like Jason Kenney might still vote for Jean because they feel Jean is a person who could get Kenny out before next spring. And you can do a lot of damage if you're in a position of power in a majority government over the course of 12 months. And then you've got the people who like the conservative movement, but don't trust the party. And this is reminiscent of something we saw in the dying days of the PC dynasty, when you had people say, you know what, I like Jim Prentice, but I just don't trust you guys anymore, the party as a whole. And if people are starting to come to the opinion that they feel the United Conservatives are rotten at the core and it's not a bug, it's a feature, then they're going to start looking at the Wild Rose Independence Party or the Advantage Party or somebody else if they're uh, stalwart conservatives. And if they're more centrist, they'll look at somebody like the Alberta Party or the Liberal Party if they really like losing. And they're going to say, I'm going to go with those guys, but I'm going to give up on the UCP as a whole. Deirdre, I want to ask you this, and I want to, I want to, because we've been talking about Jason Kenney, but does Rachel Notley not support Brian Jean winning tonight? I know she has her own candidate, but wouldn't she want Brian Jean in caucus to sort of be that disruptor in chief in the UCP caucus? Because if I'm Rachel Notley, I would love my candidate to win, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking, 
if Brian Jean wins, it's a, like it's a win-win situation for the NDP. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, like having having Brian Jean in uh, the legislature is just going to provide hours and hours of entertainment for the rest of us, including the NDP. Um, I think too that you have you have this this scenario, like Joey was saying, you know, when when Brian Jean first came out saying that he was going to run for the UCP uh, for the nomination. When that actually first started, he was the first one who was able to take over the narrative of I'm the anti-Jason Kenney candidate. He took that away from every other candidate. And that, to me, was just interesting <laughs> in general, because that's not how it normally works <laughs> when, when you've got a candidate running for you. But so I, I found that really interesting that, they, that he really had that going for him and and it, it took away from the NDPs even their ability to be like well no we're the anti-Jason Kenny. well no every single person running is an anti-Jason Kenny candidate I would like to argue that no matter what happens to Mr. Gene tonight Mr. Gene did not need that win necessarily to disturb or you know um, kind of scramble the cards on Mr. Kennedy's leadership review. We all know that people are working extremely hard in the background with Take Back Alberta. Yeah. And that I would be curious to see the total um, count of MLAs are actually supporting that. That initiative has been happening. They've been filling up rooms everywhere in rural Alberta. So I say, I think that tonight it would just be a bonus for Mr. Jean to win to um you know push his effort into disrupting Mr. Kenny's leadership but he would be able to do it no matter what because Mr. Kenny right now they are in panic mode they are doing the math and the math is not working to their favors uh, we're seeing emails circulating everybody asking staffers to place at least six hours of phone banking usually when you're asking your staff to do phone banking, it's because you are in troubled waters, um, especially for leadership. So we'll see. I it's I think that for Mr. Gene tonight, it's just a bonus. And then Mr. Gene tomorrow is going to be driving down to Edmonton, guns blazing. Or as Sue um, said, already, he's already in Edmonton waiting, waiting to walk into the legislature. So that way, Jason oh, Kenny can drag him on the floor. <laughs> he's packed. But then we're going to see. It's going to be interesting to see in the next few days who will be rallying behind Mr. Gene. That will be extremely telling to see in the next few days what is going to happen. But can so, anybody remember at any point in the recent past a more blatant and obvious leadership opponent no. being in caucus with the leader? I'm thinking back to Paul Martin, Jean Chrétien. as no, the last time it was that obvious. The next it's not even that bad, though. I was... On the hill, I was around when that happened. When yeah. when Martin took over after, it was not that nasty. It was not. It had a little bit more class. Yeah. It was done with more. I would say it was done with a little bit more strategy. Um, uh, Mr. Gene is a bull in a China in a China shop right now, and he knows he's going to cause damage no matter what he does. So right. he's, he's totally going to cause damage no matter what. And it, it uh, I have to say, 
that I was on the uh, provincial board of the PCs when Jason Kenney decided that he was going to launch his, his leadership bid. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had an opportunity, his, his launch of the leadership bid was an essentially a takeover and a, we're going to unite the right and get rid of the PCs and bring everybody together. So essentially he was launching the leadership for a party that he wanted to get rid of. And so the irony of Brian Jean coming in and wanting to challenge him for the leadership in order to get rid of him is kind of sweet irony for but me. There's an argument that could be uh, made also that Mr. Kenny is the populist and Mr. Jean is the conservative. There could be an argument is made. I've never, behind... I've never heard the words Brian Jean, not a populist, come out of anyone's mouth before. He's a, pop, he's a populist. <laughs> but the less populist option comparing to what we are seeing right now with the support behind Mr. Kenny. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a not, contest I, of who's the less populist at this point? Yeah. Who is I, the I, most I, conservative? Who's the more blue? Neither of them. I'm not I'm sure, but I'll tell you this. I don't know what a petard is, but Jason Kenny seems to be about to be hoisted by his. <laughs> A petard? It's a French word for explosive. Okay. Well, he's going to be hosted, <laughs> hoisted by his own explosives. We, 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 I know it's been the, for the first half hour, it's been the, the let's talk about the UCP, but let's talk about the right as well. The, the left, I mean, the progressives. And we are seeing the liberals are running a candidate up in Fort McMurray, Lacklebish. I'll be honest, they don't even have a leader right now, a, a permanent leader. <laughs> So this is hard for them to run a camp, an effective campaign. Uh, the NDP are running. I didn't see a single sign up there from the for the Alberta Liberals. There wasn't. Let's be honest; they probably didn't have a lot of fundraising ability up in Fort McMurray, Lacklebish. Even though, if you remember back to 1993, the Liberals did hold the riding of Fort McMurray back then. That during the Ralph Klein era. So weirder things have happened. Liberals, Alberta Party, NDP. Three, well, one, two strong uh, parties, one in power, one looking to get power, get into the legislature, I mean, and the liberals are still trying to find a leader. To take on a juggernaut like Jason Kenney, and I mean this with all respect to him because he is an excellent campaigner. He gets in front of a crowd and he can campaign like the, the Dickens. Does the left need to consolidate around a party and finally say enough is enough? And I'm going to start with uh, Sue here on this one because she is the president of the Alberta party. And then we'll go to Deidre, then we'll go to Sarah, and then we'll go to Joey. But Sue, does the left need to uh, form a coalition or having these options on the table, is that good for democracy? That is democracy. So no. I don't believe that there should be a coalition of any of those things. I didn't believe there should be a coalition on the right. I didn't believe, I don't believe there should be a coalition on the left. Um, I think, I think choice is an option that should be presented to the Alberta people. Um, we talk so, about swinging pendulums and, and having options that are uh, a bit of both and in the middle. That's, that's a so, real way too simplistic, but, but the short again, answer is no. I'm going to ask the million dollar question, but what's a win tonight for the Alberta party? What is the win for, I know a win would be uh, Michelle being the next MLA, but what's an effective win for the party tonight? Is it 10% of the vote? Is it 15% of the vote? Is it second place? What's a win for the Alberta party? 
You know, that's a really good question. And I don't know if I can exactly answer that. It, you know, obviously we would prefer that she won. I don't know that that's something that our expectations are there. Um, it really depends on how much fracture is on that right-hand side, right? Um, we know that in the last election, we only had five, in 2019, we had 5.8% of the vote up in this constituency. So, uh, you know, we're looking to obviously double that. If we can get to 10% and where we are uh, across the province where we have been, then I think that would be a win. I'm I'm hoping we're higher than that, that we take closer to 15%, that we'll take the people that can't vote uh, UCP. We, we came across lots of people that weren't gonna touch Brian Jean um, and won't go uh, to the NDP. So I think that we're that alternative. Uh, you know, the, the NDP were just over 20, we're right around 25% last time. And um, as Sarah mentioned, the UCP were at 66%. They will be nowhere close to that. I'm I'm closer to where you are, Chris, on that. If he's at 35%, um, I think he'll be at 35%. Uh, I think the Wild Rose Independence could be around that 15%, and I would like to uh, have a higher showing than them. Um, Deirdre, I hope I, I'm going to. I'm just going to call you Mitchell McLean for the rest of the interview. That's easier to roll off the tongue for me. But <laughs> the the left. The left has been kind of in this weird place because the NDP have been riding high in the polls. But mm -hmm. if tonight shows you that the NDP are still at that 20% from that last provincial campaign, even with them being high in the polls, does that make Rachel Notley have to stand up and go, okay, we have to recalibrate here because we can't be assuming that the polls are going to translate into votes on election day? Um. I'm hoping that Rachel Notley and her team have been recalibrating since 2019 <laughs> because that's when they needed to start recalibrating. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough too, because you've got the fact that it's rural, uh, the fact that it's, you know, an oil town. Um, the NDP has come in second, right? Over the last couple of, of years there. So, or election. So it's not like um, it, it's, it's not like coming in second is a bad thing in Fort McMurray, right? That's, that's, that's not something for them to, to look so at here, and say, geez, we could have done better. They so the follow up to that work. is what if, what happens if they don't come second tonight? What if that Wild Rose Independence Party vote gets above the Alberta NDP in this by-election. I know by-elections are weird turnouts because they yeah. are not a true judgment of what's happening uh, provincially because more people come out. But what happens if the NDP actually does do worse than the Wild Rose Independence Party? Well, look at the last time that the government was or lost half of their vote to uh a, a third party well the ndp formed government so i really don't i i honestly don't see any scenario where the ndp looks at this and says that was awful i mean unless they actually like come in last like there's eight candidates there's an independent um for those who don't know brian to so brian to ran for the leadership of the green party of alberta 
He, okay. the Green, the Green Party of Alberta, uh, Jordan Wilkie came on the show and said they were not running a candidate up in Fort McMurray, Lac just because they had didn't have enough resources and they want to put it somewhere else. So Brian Tahir, he ran federally for the uh, Green Party of Canada in the 2021 uh, election in Lac in Fort McMurray, Cold Lake, and he is running as an independent this time. So that's a little backstory on okay. Brian there. <laughs> That actually helps because I was going to look him up and just try and figure out where he fit in this, you know, this mass of mostly conservative parties. Um, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I honestly don't think that there's that there's a, a scenario where the NDP looks at it unless they come in last as as anything but, you know, maybe a little bit of an idea. Um, the the turnout in Fort McMurray isn't fantastic. Like they, they just hit 58% in 2019. Before that, they were 44%. 2012, they were only 36%. So <clears throat> weirdly, in Fort McMurray, 30% is apparently a good indication of what everyone would do. Um, but yeah, like, yes, they are weird. And, and you know, 100% Paul Hinneman, I, I love that you were talking about that, Sue, because... The Wild Rose Independence Party, I can't believe they were able to name themselves Wild Rose. <laughs> That's just amazing to me. Stunning. But right? And yeah, because no, I mean, the whole I, reason. I, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I want to get uh Sarah <laughs> in on this for a second, but the NDP are uh, I like I said, they're in this weird moment in time right now where they are doing well in the polls. If that doesn't translate. If it does show that they do potentially fall to third place, which they could not, they actually did well. If you remember back to that 2018 by-election, they did incredibly well. They had a named candidate, a former councillor, Jane Strode. She went came away with 28% of the vote. Leela Goodridge did win with 68%. But the NDP are in this weird place. Well, they want their candidate to win. If they do worse than the last two elections, this might spell trouble in those rural ridings that they need to pick up coming into 2023, doesn't it, Sarah? Yeah, well, first, I don't think the NDP is going to have less vote than the last election. We need to take in consideration um, the oil downturn that happened since COVID. Well, now we're back up, but, if you look, if you compare the WTI from last week at 128 bucks and today close at 96, uh, there's quite an adjustment that's being made right now and it's quite a differential. Then after that, we need to look into how the pandemic was managed and how were the residents from Fort McMurray, like Labish were treated. Um, they had to fly out a lot of people. A lot of people were away from their families. It was extremely hard on them. There's also, um, Oh, there's always those swing voters that I call them seasonal changes voters. So there's the curriculum. So you're usually UCP voter that is all kind of centrist, but decides to vote conservatives because heck, why not? Um, so I think the issues like the curriculum, the other issues that we're seeing into some writings right now with nomination scandals is not helping. Um, but there's no way I think that the NDP is going to come out a little stronger tonight than what we might expect. And they might even surprise us. I might be a little enthusiastic, but I don't think that J Brian Jane's gonna be as strong as we think he's going to be. 
Um, now, the NDP will have to um, consolidate those all of that support that they lost those past that, this past eighteen months and try to rebuild um, that trust and really act like Ms. Notley is ready to lead and she's ready to take over no matter what when it happens. Because uh, if Mr. Kenny decides to call a snap next week, a snap's going to happen. Um, I don't think we need to take it out of the cards quite yet because I don't see, I personally don't see Mr. Kenny being able to hold to his leadership and face the consequences of losing. Um, but the NDP needs to uh, adopt a slightly more different language to appeal. They need to modify they need, so they would need to take, I would say, if I was on their strategy team, I would strongly suggest to do regional approach to make them feel like we understand them and that we care about this very region, this very specific region, let's say Fort McMurray. And then you adopt the, you look at the votes for the past five elections, and then you build a narrative around what really worked. And the NDP is going to have to be extremely adaptable next 12 months um, to be able to go and score even more points into rural. But I don't think it's all lost for the NDP right now. I appreciate that, Sarah. Joey, in, 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 I, I know we're talking about the Fort McMurray Lackabish by-election, but I want to jump over to Saskatchewan for a second. Because in the writing of Athabasca, if you remember, it was a very strong NDP hold, uh, NDP riding of Athabasca, uh, and then the Saskatchewan party comes out of nowhere and wins. Could we see that happen tonight where a party that has traditionally not done so well, uh, the NDP has never held a riding up in Fort McMurray, like I said, the last time a non-conservative MLA was elected in Fort McMurray was 1993. Could we potentially see a another party come out and win this? Or as I've said this over and over again, is it a foregone conclusion that a conservative party MLA will win tonight? Well, is it possible? Yes. If, you're, <laughs> if your name's on the ballot, if your name's on the ballot, you can win. Um, is it is it likely? I wouldn't advise you to, to bet the family's uh, food budget. Um, but that doesn't mean that all is necessarily lost for, for any of these parties, particularly the parties uh, uh, on the more progressive side of the spectrum. I mean, it, it, for them to panic because they can't win Fort McMurray is like uh, the UCP panicking because they can't win Edmonton Strathcona. I mean, just because you can't win here doesn't mean you can't win. By-elections are a great place to try out new strategies, to test candidates, to train your workers so that when the real thing happens, whether that's, as Sarah suggests, potentially happening right away, because Jason Kenney does have the ability to call a snap election if he chooses, or whether it's something that we're dealing with a year from now, at the end of the day, you, you can't just look at one uh, writing and say, well, that's it. We're no good. Or alternatively, oh, we've got it made in the shade. Nobody's ever won every seat in, in the legislature. So um, the, in Alberta, parties, in Alberta, I just want to clarify that because New Brunswick, we all remember what happened in 88 in New Brunswick with Frank McKenna. So I just true. want to put that out there. That's 88, 891, whatever one, whatever that election was. It's yeah. been, uh, but, it's I mean, been very close in Alberta too. 
Yes, it has been. But we we look at these situations where these more progressive parties are are you know sort of coalescing and and doing what they do. And the reality is, if you want to beat a government, you can do it by one of two ways. You can either beat that government by beating the government, or you can beat that government by letting them beat themselves. And over the course of the last three years, the UCP in general, and Jason Kenney specifically, has done a really good job of beating himself. If an election were held tomorrow, the New Democrats could absolutely walk to a majority. They wouldn't really even have to campaign based on the polling numbers. I wouldn't suggest they try that tactic, <laughs> but based on the polling numbers, it wouldn't be close. So. Uh, to, for for these parties on the left or the center left to, to panic and say, oh, we need to blow everything up and start a new party and panic because we can't win Fort McMurray would be about as foolish as a party that had governed relatively successfully for 40 years, throwing itself off a cliff because they lost an election. And who would do that? Well, it would be like Texas turning blue. Yes. You, you never know. It could happen. I think uh, what's her you name? You know, we we looked at we looked at this by election as a learning thing. It's a, it, it's it, we've tested um, messaging. We've tested uh, what our processes are. We've we, we're doing this as a learning as a learning process. Not that we're not in it to win it, because you you can't run a campaign if you don't believe that that's where you're going. Well, but, you I just know, want to mention that too. This is the first but this is the first test of Barry Morishita on the national stage because he yeah. is not a known candidate or known quantity outside of anyone who was a mayor for the last 15 years. And we've had him on the show a few times. He's a great guy. Uh, we, we'll invite him back on whenever he wants to. And we'll invite any leader who wants to come back on the show, FYI. But Barry is a unique quantity because he is a, a former mayor of Brooks. Does that give you some uh, hope that this first by-election is kind of a test run for the larger provincial election heading into 2023, that if if he can do well, if he can connect with voters in Fort McMurray, he might have a chance across the board? Yeah, absolutely. It's a test run for sure. Now, we know, we know it's not necessarily... Um, you know, it's Fort McMurray. It's a tough place to make a change up there. And it'll be a tough place for, you know, that um, it'll be a tough place to make a change. Let's put it that way. But it doesn't mean that you can't get learnings out of that and find out what's resonating with people. And our message at the door is by-elections are the best place where you don't have to vote strategically. You can actually vote without changing government or being worried about who gets in where, because we heard that a ton in 2019. It was like, well, we 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 got to get rid of her, but we don't really like him. Or oh God, we can't have him, so we need to go there. And they weren't willing to consider very much else because they were scared of the other. They were they were scared or mad. But and by elections aren't like that. But I would like to argue that with the Alberta Party, um, and the 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 by election for McMurray as a whole, um, I don't think that it would be prudent. Well. And what I would do, I, I don't think it would be prudent to base your campaigning modeling based on what resonated in Fort McMurray, because no. what would resonate in Fort McMurray won't be resonating in Southwest Calgary. Um, I think. No, need- but at the same time, like Sue said, and I apologize for interrupting, Sarah, but yeah. you can test no, out those messaging, right? You can test out that messaging. Yeah. 
Um, but I, but I, our messaging, our messaging will always be quite regional because it needs to be, and that's part of Barry's charm and part of Barry's uh, strategy. Uh, from his perspective is to say, we don't need to have a one size fits all for the whole province. What works in, in Fort McMurray doesn't work in Medicine Hat. What works in Medicine Hat doesn't work in Grand Prairie. So, you know, to have regional um, specific med messaging within an overarching, um, uh, an overarching belief system and values and, and um, principles, that's kind of where we're going with that. Do so we, when I talk about specific messaging, you're, you're quite right, Sarah. Yeah. Do, do we know if uh, the first graders of Fort McMurray are counting the votes tonight? Because we're 45 minutes <laughs> in and there's nothing out yet. What is happening? I was about to make that. The hockey game with two. I know. <laughs> they're all cheering on the Between Oilers. Periods. Between I periods. Between periods, they're going to start counting any minute. We're 45 minutes in and absolutely nothing is coming out. Well, I'm we must have someone on stunned. the ground up there that must know what's going on because Deidre, like well, you must know someone up in Fort McMurray, Deidre, don't you? Deirdre? <laughs> Mitchell McLean? A lot of workers, like I'm- Nothing. Scrutineers, grade one, let's go. I, I yeah. really don't know. You know, it's reminiscent actually, Chris, of, um, Another by-election that actually ironically featured one of these same candidates, Calgary Glenmore. And when we talk about parties coming out of nowhere, right, um, Paul, Paul Hinman, I mean, Calgary Glenmore had been progressive conservative since Peter Law, he played quarterback, right? So for, for Wild Rose to come out of nowhere and yank that away from, from the PCs with, with Paul Hinman as their candidate, uh, was was really something and and that's where we get this idea in part that that anything can happen in a by-election but um i i was at the um the the pc candidates headquarters that night waiting for the results to come in and it was at least an hour before even the scrutineers had anything to tell us uh it was it was just brutal and um I want to make perfectly clear that in no way, shape, or form am I advocating for for automated vote counters or electronic voting. <laughs> Definitely not. But it, uh, it it does start to drive you a little bit crazy as you hit refresh on that web page. Especially over for a by election, it's let's be honest. If we got thirty percent turnout, they're lucky here. Um, yeah. I'm really here. trying to understand what is the holdup. Like you know, by eight thirty, I would expect to see six, 10 polls starting to come out, like out of 62, we still have nothing. It's we, either we, they punched out, they went home and we'll know tomorrow morning. So what, we, know, what, 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 what you're saying is we should have started this live event at like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but I, no, I will say- Order I, after dark. Yeah, exactly. So I, I will say up in Fort Mac, but Go there on. was a there was a slightly different feeling up there. It's interesting that we you know we assume up Fort Mac is is the same transient city that it always was when it had thirty percent in general elections in twenty twelve and and that type of thing. But in twenty nineteen it was fifty eight percent, which still sounds low for the rest of the province. But it's not bad for Fort McMurray and and I I, I heard it over and over again up there. It was just how the community was actually building that there was more of a sense of a community up there since the fires and then the floods and the community discovered that it had to come together in order to um, to be resilient. And so some of those some of that hardship that they've that they've had between the, the fires and the floods and then the downturn um, has really brought the, brought them together as a community. So I'd, I'd be surprised 
uh, I'm kind of guessing 30% as well, but um, you know, next general election, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them into the 60% turnouts um, another, again. Another refresh. Oh, I, just, I, I, wanna, I wanna ask one question and I'm gonna, I'm gonna pose it to Mitchell McLean here. <laughs> Because that's that's a because I'm gonna keep on pronouncing your name wrong until the day that I die. So um if Brian Jean wins tonight, he goes on to lose the leadership race against Jason Kenny on April 9th. Are we back here nine months from now in another by-election in Fort McMurray Lacklebish? Because will he resign and just say, okay, I'm I'm going to go spend time with my family again, like he did in 2018? Yeah. And when he did it in 2006, um, <laughs> when he left federal politics as well? <laughs> you know, yeah. I was I was actually thinking of, of Brian Jean as being like this super incumbent because the riding was held by UCP. It was also held by Brian Jean. I find it so um, just, it makes me a little giddy that Brian Jean is running, or sorry, that, that Marilyn Burns, former Wild Rose founder, is running against Brian Jean, former Wild Rose leader. Paul Hanman, former Wild Rose also founder, is running against Brian. Like it, this, this, this little incestuous circle up there right now is just. Mwah. So what <laughs> Don't do that? that word incestuous. So, so this is this is going to be a question posed to everyone and if you want to answer it go ahead if you don't don't so what does, so it does mean? he stick around I don't does know. he stick around yeah does he stick around no okay he doesn't have a great track record <laughs> he never completed the mandate Not I think he does I think he does stick around and I'll tell you why because even if Jason Kenny pulls off a 50 percent plus one at his leadership review in in uh April I mean, the writing's on the wall. He is, barring something incredibly unforeseen, going to get his <laughs> butt kicked all over the place come next spring, if not sooner. When that happens, Jason Kenny is going to quit. And when Jason Kenny quits, somebody is going to need to step up, step up to lead that party. Brian Jean wants the job. Brian Jean is used to being in opposition and in government. Uh, Jason Kenney, really, with the exception of about a year there after he came back to Alberta to save us from the NDP, who we democratically elected, um, he, he hasn't sat in opposition. You said the D word on this podcast. You're not supposed to say democratically elected. <laughs> so he, he hasn't sat in opposition for an extended period of time since Harper first formed government in 2005. So Jason is used to being in charge and having a big budget to throw around and being an important guy. And unlike Rachel Notley, who took her lumps and said, you know what, we lost, we'll do better, and decided to sit as the leader of the opposition, Jason Kenney has no interest in a downgrade. If he gets defeated or looks like there's no chance of winning, he's going to bolt and someone's going to need to step up. And Brian Jean sees his opportunity there. I got a question for you. I've, I've got Let's okay, say Sarah, Mr. Sarah, then we'll go to Sue. So let's say Mr. Gene wins the leadership. I'm predicting that with Mr. Kenny's departure, it's going to be the end of the UCP as we know it. Mm -hmm. We could see another wild rose slash PC situation and the right would be fractured again. Yeah. Do you think there would be a possibility that if Mr. Gene's elected tonight, he could walk across the floor with 10 or 12 rural 
he'll definitely walk across the floor and and actually form he'll walk across the floor to the wild rose independence and he'll pull six to nine mlas with him and he'll sit as a wild rose because uh, all, all you need right now you have three sitting on the other side of the the aisle mm -hmm. you got mm -hmm. barnes I sorry, yes. I'm sorry, Bar I forget their name. Barnes, Lowen, and uh, Thomas Dang, who would never sit with uh, Brian Jean if you paid him, yeah. probably. No, but really, all you need is five dollars and a shingle to be able to start, you know, and, <laughs> well, and the part and the you recognize party. So the they're on the right, and Brian Jean knows it very well uh, from Deb Gray when she and the splinter group of uh, Canadian Alliance uh, members of Parliament decided that Stockwell Day wasn't going to be the one who got them there, and they formed their own independent caucus. I remember uh, that. Democratic uh, Reform it, Caucus. There you go. So, so I, it's very possible that he would take that step So that would, uh, as a way of being the principled alternative. And the Democratic Reform Caucus could make the argument very, very strongly that they are the reason that the Conservative Party of Canada eventually formed government because otherwise they would have been stuck with a loser leader so yeah we talk about floor crossing um I'm, I'm assuming everyone here is on twitter because that's how we all connected with each other to do this tonight but i found it quite interesting two hours before polls close the mla for chestermere strathmore released a tweet and a video saying that there is a upcoming leadership review and you have to have your membership and be a, a good a member in good standing and buy your tickets before March 19th to vote in the leadership review. She did not come out, and uh, Leela here did not come out and say vote against Kenny or vote for Kenny, but as the only uh, person on this panel who actually lives in that writing, uh, I will ask the question, what does Leela hear? Why why would you release a video like this on by-election night where your former leader, Brian Jean, the Wild Rose, which she is very chummy with, she endorsed during the UCP leadership race. Why would she have released a video like this, Deirdre? Um, you know, I do believe that that they are still close. They have remained close. Um Leela had a number of events in her in her writing specifically. I believe I went to two in one day, actually. Weird. Yeah. Anyways, um, but <laughs> when she when the leadership race, the UCP leadership race was on, um, you know, she was she was working, she was working doors, she was working her contacts. She she's I, I believe that she um you know, really respects Brian Jean. Now, as part of the UCP, as, as someone who's already going to be facing a nomination race, uh, there's been some messy things going on with her board. There's a lot of, there's a lot of issues going on in, in her riding that are targeting her specifically. And so, you know, this, this allows, this, this is something that allowed her to kind of I guess pop out for a little bit because we haven't heard much from her since she was demoted and or lost her cabinet seat whatever you want to call it um <laughs> she so we haven't really heard much from her um you know i think this i think this is a way to remind people that you know she's still here she doesn't get in any trouble for it but 
who knows maybe it was a maybe it was a hello to people who are paying attention today <laughs> but i think that leela is leading her her own battle right now as well and she's been extremely busy with that yeah um, trying to fight the takeover and just really trying to survive in her own writing um yeah we do have uh we do have some results that just came in oh. uh, only five polls but uh <laughs> Proof that the oh. website actually works. Speed so there business. we go. How did, you, so, how did yours refresh before mine refreshed? What's so, up? So the results are, so Brian Jean is leading right now with 65% of the vote. Yet again, this is five polls mm. in. Ariana Mancini, <laughs> the Alberta NDP, has 17.8. Paul Hidman with 9.7. Liberal yeah. Party has 12 votes. Uh, Michelle Lance, I, for, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm Lance just, Lance sure, I'm just going to say parties because I'm bad with names, as we can tell on this show. <laughs> Alberta Party with 3%. Brian Tahir, I can pronounce his name right, 1%. Independence Party and the Alberta Advantage Party are sitting at about 0% with Stephen Malott of the Independence Party with that 0.3%. Uh, now, these are really early results we do not know where they're from they could be from fort mcmurray they could be from rural areas i don't know so i don't want to second guess where these are from but 65 percent is quite quite a astounding astonishing number so early on yet again i know it's still early on uh we'll start with the uh, joey and then we'll hit sarah and then we'll go in the rotation joey what's your first initial thoughts on these numbers well, I'm not overly surprised by them. Um, as with many of uh, of these situations, I imagine uh, what we're seeing is results from smaller areas, smaller polls where uh, a smaller number of people voted. Right, the uh, the advance polls, the ballot boxes that are stuffed to overflowing, those are going to be the last ones uh, because they need to be counted multiple times. You need all the scrutineers in the room, all all that good stuff. Um, it's it's not surprising to me at all. Um, but then again, neither is what we were just talking about. The idea of of UCP MLAs encouraging people to buy memberships in order to vote at the um, at leadership uh, review. Uh, and just as we speak, we've had more results come in. So I'm going to stop talking. Damn, I'm lagged. Sarah, um, uh, Brian Jean yeah. looks, and yet again, I... I was just corrected via live via YouTube. We can figure out where the results are coming in. I just looked at it. These are all rural areas of Fort McMurray, Lac La Biche. Conklin has come in as well. But Brian Jean looks like he's out to a very early yeah. sustainable lead with 66% of the vote. And, you know, uh, Paul Hinman with the Wild Rolls at 11% is where, excuse me, right where I was expecting him to be. Um, I and was it looks like Paul Hinman's taking from the NDP, actually. If you look at the numbers. It doesn't make sense, though, to me. <laughs> oh, like, it doesn't, but this, just I'm looking at the numbers the like year, <laughs> This is the year that nothing makes sense. And I want my 90-day refund, please, and thank you. But, you know, Jane is going up. Jane is at 67%. I... Almost 68. I was hoping, well, not hoping, but I was, I was projecting that Jane would have been at 45 um, due to the current political climate with the Wild Rose Independence kind of taking some votes from him. 
Um, also, the Alberta party, um, you know, they would have taken five or ten percent. That would have made a difference as well. Um, but I don't know what's happening. What is happening? Like those numbers right now, they don't make sense because the Wells Independence Party should be the last one to be taking votes from the NDP. Okay. Not to make sense. Do you do you want to hear a story, Sarah? <laughs> well, hopefully we all can be involved in this story because we're all listening to this story. And then we'll jump yeah, to Sue about the Alberta for party. More than, yeah. So um, in 2015, that was that was the change election. Yeah. And if you talk to I was not on the doors in 2015. I just discovered politics that year. So anyways, <laughs> I was not on doors. But people who were particularly NDP, uh, you know, organizers and people who had been on the doors for the NDP before were absolutely stunned when they were going to doors and having people say, well, you know, the Wild Rose candidate looks like they'll beat the PCs. Uh, but, you know, if the NDP like we will vote for them as well, whoever's going to beat the PCs. And this was absolutely shattering for the partisan you know, longtime supporters, because they're like, how can you possibly decide to vote for either of like, th this is not a, this is not a, a an equal choice, <laughs> so to speak. But this is yeah, so well, people who want up. change. Yeah, if they do want change in Fort McMurray, they might be looking at the Wild Rose candidate saying, they're the ones who are going to get like, they're the ones who will who will get rid of the UCP if that's someone they don't like. No, and I I'm appreciate sorry. that. Sue, <laughs> I'm gonna throw it over. Sue, I'm gonna throw it over to you for a second here. Um, the Alberta party is right now in fifth place. Yeah. Um, probably not the best spot to be at this early in the night, but yet again, it is still 14 polls out of 62 reporting. Uh, what's your thoughts? What, what's going through your head right now as people, uh, or seeing these results come in live time. And FYI, just before you mentioned that, we did have a joke on YouTube live that the uh, people in Fort McMurray, Lac Labiche, forgot about the time change. So they're trying to catch up on that whole thing. But <laughs> Sue, what do you think about these numbers for the Alberta party right now? So the, so the polls closed at nine o'clock then, did they? Yeah, exactly. They closed <laughs> three minutes ago. That's why we're getting all these rushes for <laughs> <the> poll results. <laughs> Now they're all coming in. Um, yeah, it's disappointing for us, for sure. Um, not on, on Michelle. It's just that, you know, we're still in that polarized uh, attitude. And so I'm hoping from what I see on here, I'm just kind of scrolling through. Uh, a lot of what I'm seeing is um, that it's some of the rural reporting that's coming in first versus the, uh, the actual cities. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to judge yet. Mancini is up by 2%. The Wild Rose is up by 2%. And Brian Jane is down by 2 Okay. Yeah, but I, I'm going to ask the million-dollar question. I've asked a lot of million-dollar questions if you haven't listened to my show before. So if you have, I apologize. I'm a multi-billionaire according to my show. But I'm going to ask the million-dollar question here. This is a... Ooh bad night for a lot of people because a lot of people were not expecting it to be this much of a landslide me included i will be honest i did not expect brian jean to get over 50 percent. so joey 
Is it? I didn't think he'd get over 40%. So exactly. Yeah. Is, is pe- are people just going out because Gene is the candidate that they want? Or is are people going out because it's the we hate Jason Kenny that much. And that's the, that's, the, that's the question I have to ask everyone. Are these results the, we don't like Jason Kenny results or are these results the, we love Brian Jean results? Well, I think it's a little of column A and a little of column B, not to, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, be a centrist about it. But I mean, the reality is Brian Jean is a deeply popular politician with deep roots in the area and local campaigns do matter. I wish they mattered more, but as, as much as they're not the be-all and end-all, they do still matter. So the fact that it's Brian Jean's name on the ballot makes a difference. Now, all of that said, if it was my name or your name or Sue's name, if they had run a campaign of I am a conservative who hates Jason Kenney and hates his health restrictions and hates his PC cronyism, um, we'd probably be polling up around 60% today too. The reality is you got a lot of people who normally would be inclined to vote NDP, normally would be inclined to vote anything else, who are coming out to the polls and saying, I just want to get rid of this guy. So they're lending their vote for the next year. They're lending their vote to Brian Jean in the hopes of getting rid of Jason Kenney. And, and the people who are true blue United Conservatives who love Jason Kenney, I'm sure there's a handful of them from Fort McMurray, they stayed home today because they didn't have anybody for whom they could vote. So, um, you know, Brian Jean's numbers on the whole look down compared to the UCP the last time we counted ballots in this writing, but a lot of those voters stayed home and new voters have stepped up to cast ballots. And the reason they're there is because they hate Jason Kenney. But see, Mancini's up at 19% right now. She, she keeps going up cons- consistently. But not enough to make up a 50-point def or a 40-point deficit. Yeah, but there's only a third of the polls that open. That's, there's a and lot I, of teachers and nurses out there. I'm, I guess I'm curious so. what's going to happen. Plus, at the but same time, I, we have to remember, just under 2,000 people voted in advanced voting. We have not even hit that number yet in the total yeah. votes cast today. <laughs> So if they all vote for Marilyn Burns, she's in first right now. So, you know, <laughs> you get there's, <laughs> there's 5.6%. Of the votes that have been counted right now. Yeah, we're still really, really low. We're, it's ex- turnout is extremely low. There's only 6% of the eligible voters that has turned out so far um, that we have counted votes for. I'm we're going to see, I think we're going to see Munchin in the high 20s and Gene's going to lower around the 45, 50 mark. I think and the, the wild girl's going to be the wild card tonight. I, I'm going to be the first to say this, and this is probably going to piss off a lot of people in my husband's realm, anyone who knows my husband, but I'm going to say Brian Gene wins this thing after the first 20 results. I know things could change, but I'm projecting Brian Gene is going to win this thing. Uh, would everyone agree with that sentiment, or am I completely up creek without a paddle here? Yeah, he's gonna. Yeah. Everyone agrees. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so for those who are watching via YouTube, I made a special graphic for this. So right now, the cross border interviews with Chris Brown is projecting Brian Jean will be elected the next MLA. That's right. I'm beating CTV to the punch here. Brian Jean will be the next MLA for Fort McMurray, Lac Labiche. So he is heading back to the legislature. Um, so 
How's Jason Kenny's Wednesday morning feeling? <laughs> a little rough. <laughs> he won't be surprised. <laughs> no. Oh. No, and that's, yeah, it was always. <laughs> <laughs> that's right there. <laughs> Uh, it was it was always I think it was always Brian Jeans to lose right um yeah it's and and again you know it's it's also figuring out especially when you're not from the particular riding so I think this happened in 2015 with uh David Kahn the leader of the Alberta Liberal Party was running in David Swan's uh, old riding of Calgary Mountain View. And we were all looking at it going, so did Calgary Mountain View vote David Swan or did they vote Alberta Liberal? And we found out that apparently they vote uh, Kathleen Ganley. <laughs> so so apparently the, the point is that they voted David Swan. And so in a riding like Fort McMurray, where Brian Jean, you know, has been an incumbent candidate, uh, where Brian Jean is well known, um, you know, is it is it the UCP? Is it Brian Jean? That's that's always something that you're kind of in a bit of a toss up too, and especially in by elections, quite often those candidates really don't. They're not actually star candidates running in by elections, right? By elections usually happen when. Uh, you know, people are still building their profiles to run in the general. You end up with people who are just like, sure, I will, I'll throw my name on the ballot for you. But, you know, they're, they're not, they're not Brian Jean in Fort McMurray. So, so it's, it, it's a, yeah, it's, it's hard to figure out, you know, why Brian Jean or why UCP? There's, there's a lot of ifs in that question i think that it's the brian jean vote not a ucp vote that would be my that that would I, that would that. be my gut feeling too and i think that's what it came down to i think a lot of people and a lot of pundits like myself and people on this panel assume that there was a major rush of people anti-kenny so they would go to other parties but it seems like people just like brian jean up in fort mcmurray maybe it's because of his uh his uh, uh commitment after the floodings after the fires but brian jean is back in his old job and that's kind of weird saying that four years after he resigned but he's back in <laughs> as the as the member of the legislative assembly and well Chris, I've got a lot of relatives up in up in the riding, and these are pragmatic people, right? So they're, I think this is a case of them looking at their options and going, okay, I'm at this polling place because I hate Jason. Okay, and now if I hate Jason, I have a bunch of options on this ballot who, if they were to win, would get to stand up once every two or three weeks that the legislature is in session and talk about how much they hate Jason and then sit down and that would be the end of it. Or I can elect a guy who's going after the king. I can elect a guy who's trying to get Jason out of here next month. What is the more pragmatic choice? And there's not much, uh, much doubt uh, which way people are leaning in terms of what the best way to get rid of this guy is. It's to, you know, uh, make sure that the calls are coming from inside the house. Yeah, and I even think that a lot of the NDP voters just said, "Like, eh, we're gonna mess with them. We'll make sure Kenny's gone." So I'm I, maybe I'm thinking a little too much here. But if I would be a Fort McMurray voter voting for the NDP, 
I hate Jason Kenney. I want him gone. I would have maybe used my vote to make sure Brian Jean is elected tonight. Then Mr. Jean takes the lead of the UCP because he got rid of Mr. Kenney. Then the party fractures. Then I'm going to go back on voting NDP next election because I'm going to be hoping that the vote, the right vote is going to be split up again. That could be a voting strategy that we could have seen again tonight. But what do I know? So we are coming up to almost 50% of the polls reporting. And I just want to give everyone yeah. a quick update because we'll start wrapping this up as we've just declared a win, projected a winner on the show, which we are totally <laughs> capable of doing as the cross-border interviews with Chris Brown. But Brian Jean currently sits at 66.7%. Uh, the NDP sit at 16%. Wild Rose Independence with Paul Hinman at 12%. The Liberal Party at one6 uh, Alberta Party in fifth with 1.3. Brian Tahir in the Independence with 1.1. The Independence Party and the Alberta Advantage Party are hovering at that 0%. Yes, Marilyn Burns <laughs> does have votes now. She has a total of four votes in that writing. I was hoping that Joey was going to say that was his family, but I guess not. So uh, most emphatically <laughs> not. <laughs> but let's 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 do one last round here because uh, it is about 915 and I told everyone 45 minutes on the show, but <laughs> let's just do one round. We'll start backwards and work our way around. Uh, Sue and it's the third period. Third period. There you go. Everyone can go watch the hockey game after this because this this is probably less exciting than the Alberta Edmonton Oilers game. But Sue, what's your uh, final parting thoughts on this by election in Fort McMurray Lac La Biche? Uh, final thoughts. Um, I am hoping that uh, that we have a little bit of a resurgence as we get into the actual city of Fort McMurray. Um, I think that's where. Uh, Michelle has an awful lot of connections and uh, the people know her, uh, know her well. She ran as a municipal candidate. And so I expect to see that bump in there. So that's my optimistic nature. Um, at this point, you know, uh, I would sure like to get to that uh, eight or nine percent. I think that would be our goal for Michelle once we hit into Fort McMurray. But boy, those numbers, uh, that vote turnout is low. If that's if we're almost at 50 percent of the uh, polls, which we are, and we're not even at 2000 votes, that's incredible. So we'll see. I um, I cannot be disappointed in, uh, in Michelle as our candidate. And so I can't be disappointed in our outcome. Miss Mitchell McLean. That's right. I'm still not using your first name because I'm trying to just make it look like I actually respect people and call them Mr. or Mrs. But Mrs. Mitchell McLean, your parting thoughts on this by-election night. Um, I'm not I'm not really surprised. Uh, you know, we were Sarah and I were kind of talking one one day recently about, you know, bold predictions in in elections and it was like you couldn't make a bold prediction about this particular about this particular by-election you know i went over uh like by-elections are funny dave cordai actually wrote one as well today where he was looking at a bunch of different by-elections by-elections are funny things they could have an upset they're probably the best place that you might get an upset because the turnout is so low if you have supporters behind you you could win a by-election um so it like it, it could have right 
things could have happened. They didn't, but I didn't really expect them to. Again, not with not with Brian Jean. If it wasn't Brian Jean, it could have been in a way more exciting. But it was Brian Jean in Fort McMurray. <laughs> like, what so was really going to happen? <laughs> Alberta lives in Portland. It's Bretton Couch. Um, I just want to uh, just some news that came across uh, Twitter right now. Brian Jean is expected to give a speech here in a few minutes where he's claiming victory in the Fort McMurray Lackalabish by-election. I'm just putting this out there right now. Cross-border interviews with Chris Brown was the first to reject it. So there you go, CTV and Global. So they're just putting that out there. Our, hey, our, scientific, first, our scientific crew here at the show, our dogs <laughs> projected it. Um, Sarah, what's your final thoughts on this by-election night? And the election that kind of wasn't an election because it sort of was a fizzle at the end of the day. You're on mute. Sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> you know, it makes me sad to see such a low turnout when the outcome of this election could be so consequential until on the future of her premier in this province. Um, but you do you, Fort McMurray Lacklebish, I guess. Um, but, you know, I think um, the NDP is going to have to go back to the drawing board and really reassess their strategy that they, I understand that they probably haven't put as much energy or, you know, not as much resources. So I think the NDP is going to really have to go to the drawing board. Um, Alberta Party, I wish you guys had a better showing tonight. I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, those damn centrists, Gotta go get them. I'm one of them. Uh, I'm probably gonna be yelled at by the ladies of Twitter tonight for that. But um, you know, it's nothing surprising. I thought it would win with a little less. Um, the Wild Rose Independence Party is doing just as well as what I thought. Um, they're just, you know, it's. But it's fascinating that they're taking they're taking from a different place than we expected. Yeah, so that, yeah, but maybe not even. Maybe. It's a by-election and people want to get rid of Jason Kenney. He got minus 46% today into how he managed the pandemic. That speaks volume. His leadership, his popularity is so low. Um, he's stuck in the corner and, we, you know, tomorrow, I, I can't wait for caucus meeting on Thursday. My popcorn's ready. Um, I, I, it's gonna who's be tuning rough. into the Western Standard on Thursday morning to see what leaks come out of the caucus. I might just go see D Fib and be like, Hey, do you want to have coffee? You blocked me, but that's okay. Um, so we'll, we'll see what's going to happen this week, but surprising tonight, absolutely not. Joey, what about yourself? Uh, final words on this election, and I just want to make sure that people know for those who are holding under the edge of the seats. Marilyn Burns now has nine votes and she is tied with Stephen Malott of the Independence Party, both with nine votes each. So th that's the story I'm telling tonight. And the Alberta Party is tied with the libs, by the way. No, oh, there in, you go. In, um, I just refreshed or mine just refreshed and we actually have five more votes than the liberals. So apparently that's what I'm cheering for right now. There Who says one vote doesn't matter? Um, there he, yeah. 
Yeah, Chris, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to take any strong message out of a by-election with a turnout that looks like it's on pace to hit about 17%, right? I mean, it would be easy to say this is a strong repudiation of Jason Kenney's leadership. But the reality is, if 17% of people show up, you can get just about anybody elected if you have half of a decently organized campaign. Anybody in this chat could win an election that had 17% turnout. Uh, with with about two days to plan it. So, um, Joey, 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 I ran as a Liberal Party of Canada candidate in Northern Alberta. I barely got thirteen percent. I had no chance of winning with seventeen percent. Okay, and anybody, <laughs> anybody on this panel, with the exception of Chris, could win an election <laughs> with, uh, with that kind of turnout. But I mean, right? The uh, the interesting story is what comes next. Right. We've got a month until this uh, special general meeting where they're going to call the question on whether or not uh, there should be a leadership review. Jason Kenney's indicated he's going to stay if there's 50 percent plus one. If he does, that is a death knell for his party. I think if I'm the NDP, I'm hoping he survives by the skin of his teeth, because I would really like if I'm Rachel Notley to be running against that guy instead of somebody who can try and distance themselves from Jason's uh, decisions. And just to put this into perspective, this is what we in the business call a callback. Uh, the Oilers were ahead four to one, and now it's a five five tie. I saw so, it's because I'm no, not watching. <laughs> okay, now I'm the biggest Oiler fan you're going to find, Sue. But the wheels are falling off the Oilers in this game. The wheels have started to Joey, fall off. Jason you are the farthest Bacon. thing from an Oilers fan that's sitting at this table. Oh, don't I even know. go there. Sorry, friend. guys, I'm a Habs fan. You want to see my tattoo? I'm, I'm a Ducks fan, so don't even try to do oh. that. I'm a Ducks oh. fan from Northern Alberta. Oh. <laughs> Man, this went sideways fast. But, but I mean, Jason, Jason Kenny's having a bad night. Jason Kenny's going to have a bad week. And if, as has been suggested here, we see a, re, uh, a renewal of the Democratic Reform Caucus or something along that lines, and, uh, and we see an actual splintering of the not-so-united Conservative Caucus, uh, Jason Kenney could be in for a very, very bad month. Bad year. It's I, the Ides of March, everyone. Yeah. Happy March 15th. I, this I'm time gonna... year didn't go very well for Allison Redford either. No. I, I'm going to leave on this. I think this is going to be the first time that the collective province of Alberta turns into the Alberta legislature TV and watches Brian Jean introduce Jason or Jason Kenny introduce Brian Jean on the floor of the House of floor of the Legislative Assembly <laughs> as the next MLA for Fort McMurray Lac Labiche and say it with a straight face because we will all know behind the scenes Jason Kenny is probably shaking in his boots tonight and I could be wrong maybe he's maybe he's happy Brian Jean's in the party and he'll give him a cabinet post but anyway um <laughs> That's my. I'm partner. betting he won't even say his name. I bet he just introduces him as the, the new MLA. Yeah. <laughs> I think the staff right now is booking an appointment for Jason that day. So Jason Nixon will have to do the introduction. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh good one. Uh, or Tony Yao. Um, uh, I want to thank all four of you for doing this tonight. I know I said 45 minutes, but the 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 counting of the numbers were a little bit later than I expected. Um, thank you for everyone for tuning in. Joey, Sarah, dear Deirdre, 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 Deird
Um, thank you all for doing this. This has been a fun hour and a half sitting and chatting politics. Um, I I will forever be known as the guy who first called the election for Brian Jean in 2022, yeah. even though it's not totally really realistic. But Thank you. And for those who are watching right now, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we've had a fun night. We've had a lots of chats, lots of talk about the future of the parties. And as of, of my last words is Brian Jean currently sits at 65% of the total vote. There's 42 polls out of 62 polls. So there's still 20 polls left, but it does look like, as I said before, Brian Jean is projected to win as the next MLA for Fort McMurray Lac La Biche. Um, thank you all for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. See you. I'm going to go hit some cheap liquor now. <laughs> That's how we end the live stream. We're going to go get some cheap liquor now. Cross-Border Interviews with Chris Brown was produced and edited by Miranda Brown Associates Incorporated. To learn more about us, visit crossborderinterviews.ca.